your participation in the public school system is a personal choice, but just understand who you are partnering with. Right. You're, you're partnering with. You don't have a legal obligation. You're not forced to, but you have to have a vision for your children, what you believe God would have you to do for them, how to raise them, and then you have to find the appropriate partners. Now, I would say, from my perspective, you do not have a, you are best equipped to make that decision when you are connected to a local church. What are we standing up for? The ability, the freedom to do what's right as God defines that right. God's the ultimate author of liberty. We don't want government to stand between us and our freedom to do what is right. Welcome to the Bible Nation podcast. I'm Doug Levesque. Again, joining me today are Tony Nash from AZ Business Solutions and Pastor Jason Georges from Emmanuel Baptist Church. These guys are great movers and shakers in the culture here in Michigan, and uh, we appreciate you coming to BibleNation.org. We have a lot of information there, articles, books, and our podcast. Thanks for joining us. We want to hear back from you. Today we're going to talk about um, public education, uh, private education, homeschooling, and how uh, COVID and the mandates and the responses have affected, infected, affected education and the whole education industry, we'll say, or the whole education mm. culture. Um, so the best culture is a Bible culture. It's proven and it works, and that's what we're here talking about. We want to give the Bible answers to cultural issues of the day. I think, fellas, I'm going to uh, read this article that I that I wrote back in 2016. We've republished it several times. It's been a popular article, The Meaning of Public Education. Now, we don't mean to pick just on public education because I'm for a free and public education. I'm for good education. Um, I would be against some private education because it's not done well. It maybe doesn't have the right philosophy. I'm for homeschooling. If you can do it, there are some people that really don't do a good job and they really kind of harm their kid in not, not doing a good job. And there's others uh, that do well. So um, the article then is going to be the, uh, the, the kickoff point, the sounding point for us to really talk about how COVID has affected uh, education. And so if you're a teacher out there or you work in the school uh, schools, let us know what you think uh, about this discussion. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Great, great. Yeah, you're good to be them? here. Always good to be here. Uh, are you, you have kids in school. Yes. What? What? Twelve are they, between the two of us. Yeah. So what? If, what do those kids say about? Kids. What do those kids say about? Um, uh, you know, mandates. What do your kids think about COVID? Are they afraid of COVID? Do they wash their hands? Do they social distance? Do they want the teacher to wear a mask? I mean, what? What do your kids think? Well, I think that's interesting because, you know, one of the thoughts I had when we were discuss when we were t discussing this episode is, you know, obviously I believe education is a parent's choice. Mm -hmm. I believe that if you choose to send your kid to a government-funded mm -hmm. school, mm -hmm. your kids are going to be given government ideas and trained by government ideals, and so they may, you may be wondering, man, I'm a conservative. How these is? But why are my kids coming home with these different thoughts? That could be why. Mm -hmm. My kids think like I think. They believe uh, in the Bible, mm -hmm. and they believe uh, in the things that I've showed them. And so my kids have no fear of these things. We've had a lot of great conversation with them. Of course, our kids both go to the same school, mm -hmm. uh, and our school has kind of been on the front lines of staying open, being smart, uh, doing things the right way. But uh, my kids just don't 
don't have that. And when they see other kids having to kind of mask up and kids' sports seasons getting cut short last year or having to wear a mask while they're playing basketball, right, like right. my kids see that and think that's just crazy. They don't understand it, and I'm glad that they don't understand it, frankly. Pastor Jay, so. one of your girls get COVID or, you know? No, no, it's uh-huh. gone through our house. Yeah. And so actually, all of my kids have had it. Yeah. Yeah, last summer. Um, so all of our all of our kids have either had it or been exposed. So really, you're telling the kids, listen, your immunities can handle this. You're young, and then also those immunities are going to help you handle what's in the future, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, you're. I don't know when parents delegated to someone else the worldview of their children. Wow. And so, yeah. you know, as Tony said, you know, our children. I'm I am in the number one chief influence in their life amen that's great that should be education that should be education purpose statement number one by every human being in the nation of america and in the world right (laughs) i'm responsible for my kids their education is our choice not somebody else's and that's not an egotistical comment Mm -hmm. that is a what god has ordained comment that is realizing that i have to give an account and i have to give an answer and that the delegation of his authority yeah of those children's education is in me as a parent and particularly yeah. as their father. And so I'm going to have to answer for that. Yeah. So as we think about, like Tony said here, we're, we're talking about we're for educational parental choice. Mm-hmm. They're your children, but that choice is needs to be uh, considered in the light of you are going to give an account to God mm-hmm. on how you raise your children. Yeah. Train up your child in the way that he should Go. You can't so get parents around it. that say, "Well, I'm just gonna my kids can make whatever choices they want." That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, "Train up your child," right. like you have to train your hair sometimes. with the or expectation dog, that when they get old, them. they won't depart from it. Yes. So it's yeah. not babysitting them for 18 years. It's no giving them a foundation of a life that then extends into their adult life. That is not the government's job. No. To train up your child. No. So be be beware of. What choices you're making? Well, and probably until a year and a half ago, the majority of people never gave it a second thought because the societal thing is your kid gets old enough, you send them to school. Yeah. That's a public school. Mm-hmm. I can't afford private school. That's what most people think. Mm-hmm. And so now because of all this COVID over response, overreach. overreach, yeah, parents are now like, wait a second. What, do I want my kids being taught these things? Do I want my kids exposed to this these philosophies and Maybe ideals? Maybe that's a good thing that they're being confronted now and, and like just saying, because I'm, I'm sure some families are like, the kids are coming home after do that. That's what we're going to do. Our family's making the decision based upon what you see these parents. You see these parents showing up now in masses at these school board meetings, voicing their opinion. Right. It's like we should. You should have been doing that forever. Yes. You know, I have a say in what my kids about l- curriculum, about teacher hires, that. about a lot of all stuff. of that. But now, finally, yeah. people are like, "Wait a second, we've gone too far." And but so, complacency and assumptions. Yes. And so, I think parents, especially those that are participating in the public school system have been comfortable living with this assumption that what their child is receiving today is similar to what they received 20 or 30 years ago. And it's not. And yet, and I think the public school system and the nefarious parts of it, because are there good public school teachers? Yes. Are there people there that are trying to do the right thing and, and have a calling in their own life that they're trying to exercise? Sure. But, but the system is not governed by those people. Right. So the nefarious part of that knows it's playing on the complacency of parents. Right. So now, now we have this. Now the COVID crisis has created this challenge, and parents are waking up. We're saying it's not even that we have to stop. 
I think what parents should be taken aback by is they think they have this much control. Right. And those administrators are going, we've had it for 20 years. Yes. I've, I've run for the uh, Michigan Board of Education three times, haven't won. But I've been to a lot of meetings and, and then uh, of the Michigan School Board, of the state, lecturer, state legislature's subcommittees on education. And they all say our kids, our kids, our, it's our responsibility. This is, you know, verbiage. And so what I've done over the last eight years is just said, um, they're my kids. They're not your kids. You don't have a mandate, mm-hmm. but we have a mandate. They're our mm-hmm. kids. Parental rights and responsibilities. They weren't using that. They had a front. But you know what? Even, even those on the left are now using that parental rights. They're, it's like. You know, it was an opportunity to teach them, and they're now feeling it. So I, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about this. You know, coming out of the 50s, happy days, um, the person that ran the local schools, and I'm for local jurisdiction, not yeah, state mandates. Sure. Right. The person who run the local schools was usually appointed by the mayor and city council. So, you know, your, your election... These guys were responsible to put someone in office that could, you know, do something. And so there was actually more more pressure, you know, on them in a proper way. And they were working for the mayor and the city council uh, locally. But what happened was, uh, particularly in the 60s and the 70s, almost every school district uh, turned over to where we elected a school board and they run the schools. And so this has allowed socialistic, communistic, secular humanistic thought to come from the state down and skip the, the, the local influence. If that local influence, if, if everybody was church going, you know, they could kind of mm-hmm. suppress and hold. But then they had the state suing them or somebody, some individual suing that locality, going back to the state, and so you have state mandates. Now, luckily, at least here in Michigan, we have strong Michigan Education Association. We have a strong Michigan Board of Education. But the reality is they don't hand out they don't hand down mandates. They hand out strong suggestions. They let them feel like mandates. But the reality is they don't have that kind of power. So uh, parents, local jurisdictions, uh, local school boards do have a lot of say in the state of Michigan if they'll stand up and say it and not just capitulate it. What does the state want? And, and make gonna... people feel uncomfortable. And make that's, them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. That's ultimately yeah. how you move the political needle. Yeah. Either you do it with money yeah. or make The freedom people uncomfortable. is ours. And the we pressure just have on to them. Use it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, almost in daily communication with one of our local school board members here. She's like the only conservative on our local yep. school board, and she's been vocal about a lot of the things that. Uh, and, and even the uh, board of directors, uh, she's not 100% like feeling comfortable with this, but now they're not get, just getting pressure from the state. Now they're getting pressure from the local health departments. Right. And the local health department haven't officially come out and said, you must do this, but they're putting every kind of pressure on them that if these things don't happen, we may have to require local county health departments have local budgets of this. Nothing. All their budget comes from the state. So they, they instituted this in the 60s. And so what happened is every county got one person. And some counties didn't even get that. And they're totally fun. They're state employees and they're state. So you say your county health board, but that's all, it's all coming from the state. And it's the same thing in education. And the COVID response has really kind of turned this, taken the, you know, the turning of the school runnings over to the school board or to this health board. This, this mandated COVID response is, is so communistic Mm -hmm. because it's really breached that and ripped it open and people need to realize, I'm not doing that. What are you going to do about it? Because right. there's no enforcement, you know. There is and no enforcement. That idea, of our, that idea 
Yeah, but the idea of our kids is very much a statist idea. Yes. That this yeah. and a statist idea is no, the kids belong to the state. Yeah. And so we're, parents are nothing more than right. uh, animals that have reproduced themselves. And it's, but it's, then it's, even the public officials, you mentioned sheriffs, county yeah. health departments, and these yeah. people, yeah. The, 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 they're so disconnected from the local community. Yes. And in a sense, do not come with it into these positions with their own ideas mm-hmm. that they simply look to the state for all their guidance. Yes. And they don't have any other outside guidance and no one else is providing guidance. Yes. And that's... A little bit Bible Nation Society yep. in, in a hope and aspiration yeah. to be another voice. Like the, the state's guidance is not the only guidance. No, the Michigan Board of Education, okay? Good people. Usually they were successful teachers or principals or educators of some sort. So they're good people. I mean, they're professional people. But most of the time, they've been institutionalized. So they've, they're coming with the philosophy that that's not necessarily good. And all of them will be paid by the, you know, by the state to go to uh, Colorado to go to the National Association of State School Boards Association or something like that. And they'll go there and they'll get all their ideas from that. And I looked into that and basically all that funding comes from the United Nations UNESCO, which is the education group. So we're getting internationalism, which wants to undermine national sovereignty or state sovereignty and, and lay down these international standards for students and stuff. And they're getting all their curricular ideas and everything from that. And the school boards are getting to do that, and we have hardly any recourse. Well, and do parents that. don't know that, number one. No, and, I, and I've talked to a lot of parents, yeah. and the, and they don't know what to do because they don't realize they have more authority than yes. over their kid than they know. Yes. And, you and know, what I've, they have authority is they have authority from God. Right. That's yes. your kid. Right. What are you going to do about it? Right. right. And so even them, some of them said, I sent my kid to school without a mask and yeah. said he's not wearing But then they get shunned by the other students yeah. because there's not only just been this mandate, but now – Society has put out this virtue yeah. that if you don't wear a mask, you don't care about other people. So the kid that comes in and of his parents' permission to yeah. not do that is now considered you know, a mean kid. And so they're getting bullied or whatever you want to yeah. call it. And so the kid's like, I just want to wear a mask to get over with it. Right. Yeah, I don't want to put up the social no, bills. No kid it. wants to be the, the right. outcast. And even the even the commercials are like, why are you getting a mask? Because I want to go to the school dance. You right. know what they're saying? Not because I don't want to get well, And that's why parents need <laughs> to know and those listening here. Yeah. You have a choice. Yes. You have a choice. You are not mandated that you have to send your children to the public school. Education is a choice. Choose to obey God in, yeah. in the choices you're making. There's only been one homeschool case in the state of Michigan. I mean, there's been a lot go to court, but there's only been one loss in the state of Michigan where the, the parent um, actually lost the child because they weren't homeschooling and they were abusing the child. And so ultimately they, they tried to make it a homeschool case. You know, but really it was an abuse case, and so that was going. But as far as any other homeschool situation, the courts have always upheld that. Now, court appointees usually come from the governor or whatever, um, so you have to be engaged in voting and, and those kinds of things, or else you might we might lose that. But so far in Michigan, we actually rank second in educational liberty. But that's just for people who choose the to do what they want to do and to choose to stand up. If you're just ignorant and giving away your your uh, rights and responsibilities, then you're just going to have to get what you get. Now, well, me, and, and I think, too, in terms of education, like p- parents have to realize, like, it's not just about, you know, the, the, the choice of where to or how to educate your kid really is not just about whether or not your kid has to wear a mask. You have to ask yourself, who am I allowing my kid to be taught by for six to eight hours a day? Yes. Who is influencing my kid? You know most parents are not instructing their children six to eight hours a day. Right. 
I mean, even good ones, right? Yeah. So who are you allowing to give instruction and training and molding and mentoring mm-hmm. and ideals and philosophies to my child for yeah. six to eight hours a day? And like Jason said, I'm going to be the chief influencer. Exactly. So then I'm going to pick and choose what that is, and I'm going to out-influence whatever's there. Right. And so if I've got this person that has a leftist agenda or whatever, and, and they're out there, right? They're out there. Um, you know, someone that just had the critical race theory. I only have these kids X amount of hours a week in order to indoctrinate them and make them leftists. And basically that teacher ended up getting fired by the Good. school district because they, they had Che Guevara and the communist movement there, and they were using their teaching position to, to indoctrinate. And so much of education, especially as the school boards and the UNESCO has influenced the school boards and that's passed down, if we let it, it is indoctrinating and institutionalizing our children to where then they say, well, well, they are saying wear a mask. They are saying get a shot. And they're institutionalized, and they just roll over into that. And that's happened a long, for a long time now. Now, I want to um, read this uh, article from, you can find this on BibleNation.org. It's called The Meaning of Public Education. In every arena of American culture war, a vocabulary of terms has been fought in order to reframe arguments, repostulate institutional missions, and confuse the populace. Nowhere has this been more evident than the realm of public education. Even the term public education has been redefined. A distinct form of government has been created in the last 40 years through federal and state legislative mandates upon local schools. Strong mayors have been given way to city managers, and hired school superintendents have given way to appointed school board presidents. Through the change in vocabulary, a different educational system has been put in place that has out-of-control budgets and seemingly impenetrable command structures. Fortresses of humanism have been therefore entrenched in every American town. We need to reexamine the very definition of public education. What does the word public and public education really mean? It means free access of children for children of American citizens. That's great. If it means free daytime child care for illegal aliens, then let's redefine the word. Or better yet, let's get back to the original definition altogether. Public does not mean government interference into parental affairs. It does not mean endless funding for poor production through federal, state, and local taxes. It does not mean tax-funded unions can virtually dictate what is taught or not taught. Lastly, it does not mean secular or without relation to faith and religion. There is nothing wrong with the term public education if that education is funded locally, determined locally, reflects, reflects local values, and is free to pursue local will. Federal and state mandates have gone wild, removing all local distinctions and thereby creating a Washington, D.C.-inspired institutionally secular, anti-religious machine. Student success is based upon establishing a utopian social standard rather than academic achievement. Public should not be equated to a government-mandated or administrated superstructure. Yep. Public, you see, this, this educational superstructure, they've been making mandates for a long time, mm-hmm. mandates that they can't affect, that they can't exercise, but they've been making them, mm-hmm. and people just go along with them. Yeah, public, public, yeah, public in its essence is the idea of access. Yes, should be. There should be because a literate society is good. Yes, we want a literate society. And we want you, everyone to be able to read. Whenever you take write. the public school, local public school, to the courts, they they capitulate and give access. Right. You know, we, you know, if a homeschooler wants to use the library or wants to play in a sports team, and they say, "Well, no, you have to be enrolled in our public school." They're only doing that because on count day, mm-hmm. that gives them a certain amount of funding, and they just but people just feel like student. that's. They feel like that's the law. They feel like they can say that. And in reality, no, that's not the law, and you can't do that. So you have to challenge these ideas. So public can mean parental. 
Uh, imagine a parent-initiated, parent-inspired, parent-involved education. King Solomon wisely charged, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. Proverbs 1, 8, and 9. It'd be great if parents were involved, and so the public education was, and, and it used to be this way. You didn't come home and say, I'm in trouble. You would be in trouble. you know. But now, you know, the only time a parent challenges something is if their kid's offended. That's it. Mm-hmm. you know. But yet they're capitulating this to this uh, uh, school to basically brainwash their child in, in some certain ways. This parental distinction is one that makes private education perform better and produce a better product. Now, that might be offensive to some. The attack on the family and the capitulation of lazy parents to a cheap system is to blame. Mm-hmm. There are so many better models of education than the one now being universally touted by the National Education Association. Public can mean parental, but public can mean performance. Extra funding should be based on performance, and so should opportunity. Schools that perform well should be funded well. Now, I'm not saying here that schools that don't perform well shouldn't be, shouldn't be funded. They should get their share, because even our own state has sometimes held back from, say, Detroit some money because they weren't doing what the state wanted them to do or whatever. And sometimes down in Detroit, they complain, they get on the news, but they won't take it to court because they're institutionalized and they don't know that they can. And so therefore, that really is racist for Lansing to say, we're not going to give Detroit its money because it's, mm. not, it's not performing uh, well. And I've had, I've had Detroit school uh, people complain to me as I was running for education that how can they do this? I'm like, they can't. You need to fight it, you know. Um, anyways, uh, so schools that perform well should be funded well. This would motivate, and, and that doesn't mean schools that don't shouldn't be funded. It's just the extra funding should be a motivation. The extra funding, the extra funding that's out there should be a motivation mm-hmm. to perform well. Okay, got it. Uh, this would motivate others to copy or compete for more funding based upon successful models and hard work rather than be funded by artificial mandates. So the schools are following what works to give them good results in order to get the funding. Students that perform uh, well should get additional schooling. Who says we uh, should have 20 years of available daycare for every student, especially poorly performing students? Eight years of acceptable performance can open the door to two more than two more. Of course, special needs children are always the exception. Paul told Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. By the time you get to 10th grade, you don't care what's going on there. Well, there ought to be another option, not, you know, $20,000 a year mm-hmm. for you to sit there and take up a spot and, make, and be part of the problem of, what, of what's in the classroom. Distribution of equal funds per student is the fairest model. When state capitals withhold funding to poor performing areas, a sort of apartheid takes place. Each city or district should receive its funds directly. They then become fully responsible through locally elected leaders for the achievement within their local schools. You see, that's what happens. We get school boards, they don't handle the money properly. This will create an improvement uh, through competition and reward. If poor performance get constantly rewarded by increased funding, then high-achieving schools uh, will lose incentive for working hard. If they're, not, if they're not funded well, then you know what's the reward for us working so hard? District competition in this funding could function to spread the wealth and increase innovation around a state. You could have a highly functioning school district or school adopt and help this under school, maybe for funding, 
but then actually get them to a place where they're getting funding as well. So we're using comp competitive competition models, not socialistic ones. Public should include choice. Local peculiarities should be allowed to be included in public offerings. Farming classes, partic particular ethnic histories, even Bible surveys should be reflected in that locality's public education. Most communities, 80%, would choose to allow academic institution uh, instruction regarding the Bible. Most communities would allow the Bible to be involved in the curriculum, at least as to who is Noah, who is Moses, what is the Old Testament, what is the New Testament, etc. Public education could then be defined by wisdom and knowledge rather than by pride or Washington, D.C.'s so-called false measurements of equality in the classroom's standards. Unfortunately, the United Nations Educational Arm UNESCO was the chief purveyor of bad ideas in American educational systems. They spread Marxist ideals and lower American standards by usurping regional organizations like the National School Board Association, turning them and every state board into United Nation franchises. This may be the darkest part of the transformation of our society. Mm. And so there's a problem with our educational system, with public education, before COVID. Oh, yeah. But now we're into COVID, and it's, it's a COVID arm of these pretend mandates. They've been pretending to mandate for a long time. There is no science that says you should mask a child. None. Axios, homeschooling reaches critical mass. Finally, maybe for the, you know, for the right reasons, but way too late, people are saying, okay, we're done. We're not, we're not going to do that. Our kids can play sports over here. Our kids can learn this over here. We can hire a tutor. They, can, they were staying at home anyways, <laughs> you know, doing stuff. Well, and last year probably made par some parents realize I could homeschool because they kind of yeah. had to. Yeah. Probably made other parents think I could never homeschool. Yeah. So hopefully the parental love for the kids in this has made it realize, has said, you know, this, this system now has come to a stop because it's affecting my life. Kind of mm -hmm. self-interested, like mm -hmm. you said, but at least it's doing it. New York Times, New York's private schools tackle white privilege. It has not been easy. In this world where tuition runs as high as $58,000, the topic has become flammable. Parents, faculty, students, and alumni uh, have all entered the fray. Well, when public schools, when private schools want public money, they have to deal with white privilege or COVID response or anything else. And so Homeschooling, private education should not receive funding. I mean, I know people talk about tax credits and all these different kinds of things, but the, but the fact is that is what's bleeded into New York private Nothing's schools. Nothing's free. So education is a choice, not just private over public, uh, but responsible uh, education. Who, who just said, I think Jason just said, the science, this is the uh, New York Post intelligencer, the science of masking kids at school remains uncertain. There's no scientific proof that masking you know, uh, what do they have? Plexiglass, uh, spraying everything. I mean, it hasn't made any difference whatsoever. But well, I wish I was in the plexiglass Or that industry. kids get COVID yeah. or that even suffer from COVID. Well, that's what I'm saying. We have 18 months of data to show that that age group is not adversely affected by COVID, period. Oh, and so, so many school districts got emergency funding. Yeah. You know, and now we're finding out that some people didn't use the emergency funding. They paid themselves for the emergency meetings they had to have. Well, but across you know who's all putting. institutions, COVID has become the pipeline for socialist spending. Yes. I mean, that's all it is. It's yes. we're we're getting what we've always wanted. Yes. I mean, this is uh, yeah, this is the just socialist a pipeline. Well, who's putting more pressure on the school boards than the parents? Right. Are the teachers who have been indoctrinated who yes. said, 
I don't want kids to affect, infect me. Right. So the, the teachers are saying, we're not going to show up and teach if these kids aren't masked up. Oh. So every institution in America, because that's what doctors and nurses are saying. We don't want our hospital infected by you non-vaxxers or something. Right. So what a great plan to rip the fiber, separate people, uh, villainate people, and it's affected everything. It's affected banking. It's affected shopping. It's affected lumber. It's affected everything. And it's affected education but that now that's hopefully a blowback because now you're talking about my kid. Now you're talking about my heart, right? And what's going on. And we're saying, good. Education is not a mandate. You don't have to send your kid anywhere, period. Now you should, but look at your choices. And if those choices in- include government overreach into what someone's putting in your kid's arm, I'm sure there's public schools right now that have a, a-, a room with vaccines that they can go get a vaccine in. Mm-hmm. That's happening. Um, and so that's always been the case with public education and some private education. Well, and, you know, it's tough because, I mean, you're a parent out there right now and you're listening. And let's say you have a 16, 17-year-old kid who's gone through this system their whole life. So they have a little bit of that way of thinking. They probably even think about these things differently than you do. And now all of a sudden you're saying, no, this is too much and I want to pull my kid out of this system. That 16, 17 year old kid is fighting you tooth and nail because they don't want to leave their friends and they don't want to leave the school. And now they've, you've become their enemy. Right. And you're the one saying, well, why aren't you a good person? My teacher right. says, who is the educated yes. person, yeah. if I don't wear a mask, I'm a bad person. That means if you're taking me out of a system, that you're a bad person. And so yes. now you have this war. And so parents are like, well, we I don't want to make enemies with, with kids my kids. Saying, remember, they were coming home saying, my kid, my parents are racist. I went out of this house because they were learning you know, critical race theory or BLM. And now they're, now that's coming down to these personal choices over personal body and the kids are separating from the parents based upon these issues. So parents, one out of five families is homeschooling. Yeah. There's uh, a quarter million Michigan kids that are homeschooling or private schooling in the state of Michigan. So you can make that choice and you can stand up to your public school. Masks are muzzles, parents say, ahead of Southwest Michigan's schools failed mandate to vote m live and so it's not you, you hear a lot of news one way but there's a lot of news the other way as well and we're here to help say that there's a reason for the news not just because it's another side but there's an idea that that uh you know caesar will give unto caesar what caesar's but my kids and their education not belong to caesar and my body it's not does not belong to Caesar. Pastor Jay speaking. Yeah, yeah, no. So you're yeah, that's exactly right. And so your participation in the public school system is a personal choice, but just understand who you are partnering with. Right. You're, you're partnering with. Yeah. You don't have a legal obligation. <clears throat> you don't have a legal obligation. You're not forced to. But you have to have a vision for your children, what you believe God would have you to do for them, how to raise them, and then you have to f- find the appropriate partners. Now, I would say, from my perspective, you do not have a, you are best equipped to make that decision when you are connected to a local church. Yes. Because that environment will help give other voices. Because part of this is a peer pressure decision. It's the pressure that I don't have any choices. So there might be a lot of people listening to this that in your context, your sphere, you don't know anything but public education. Mm -hmm. You don't know what a homeschooler looks like. You have a caricature you might have an idea uh but you don't know homeschoolers you're not around homeschoolers you're not around uh you're not around a christian uh, privately educated children you think that's an elitist system i know with our christian school 
Um, there's nothing elitist about it. Now it's elite curriculum and it's elite what they're doing, but it's not elitist people and it's not an elitist price tag. And so, you know, one of the things that we've taken out of public education is this idea of capitalism, of people producing a great product. So there are probably even non-Christian schools out there who are, there's probably some entrepreneurs right now realizing there is a market for education that's outside of the public system. And I can offer this at a better price than what the public school can. Of course, that was a little bit what the the charter system is. I, I would say in any educational process, look to see what the results are. Yeah. What 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 is that process? What is that train? Where does that yeah. take them? Now, you know, in our Christian school, we're we're trying to train our young people for a lifetime of worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's our vision for mm-hmm. them. And that's of course education in the Bible and whatnot. But look at the public education system. In the last 30 years, the the carving out, the removing of all skilled traits. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is the destination of the public school? It is either higher learning radical radicalization. So we're going to send them to the university and then they're really going to get radicalized and become the priest of this religion. And you know, I'm, secular humanism. Right. Secular humanism or welfare institutionalization. Right. And ultimately even possibly car- incarceration. Right. That's what we're but, doing now, right? We're going to give people checks it's, yes. based upon their social score. That's You're what they're be, doing in, in Scandinavia and China. Yeah. Dependent on the state mm-hmm. or radicalized profits of the state. Right. But are these schools churning out? Because that trades, that mentorship, that apprenticeship is what? Very community oriented. Right. You go to the community electrician. You go to the community plumber mm-hmm. who is in this community and you work beside him day, all day. And then what do you do in that process? You then gain the values and morals of that community. Right. And that's why that has to be removed from the public school system. So, you know, we all remember the old shop teacher. He was a little different. He was right. like that. He was, yeah. maybe he was the man's man. Yeah. Maybe, you know, he was the power tool guy or whatever. Yeah. The, the And and there was a value of young people, young men, young girls, being around those type of personalities. Sure. Sure. And, of course, that's being lost now. Right. Yeah. So. When, I, when I was in school, the shop guy is the one that did the paddling. Yeah. He was the man's man. He, he probably made the paddle, too. He probably made the paddle, <laughs> yeah. drilled the holes in them. The, yeah. the board of education. <laughs> the board yes. of education. So. Well, I think it comes yeah. back to what Pastor Jay said earlier, is you have to make sure as a parent that you are the chief influence That's in your it. kid's life. And so regardless of where you send your kids to school, you have to ask yourself, is this place I'm sending my kids to for a significant amount of the day mm-hmm. going to undermine the influence that I have in their life, or is it going to reinforce the influence I have in their life. Yeah. So I certainly know when I send my kids to Emmanuel Baptist School mm-hmm. that those teachers are getting more instruction time with them than I am, but I know that they're reinforcing my values, yeah. my worldview, yeah. all of those things. And so it's an easy choice for yeah. me. It's an easy choice for me. And so I think parents, you have to look at the whole, yeah. all I'm, your choices and say, how am I going to reinforce the influence I've garnered in my child's life? We're paying the same tax base. Which right. we should challenge, I think. We should challenge all taxes. But we're all paying the same tax base. I'm paying for the public school down the road. I'm mm-hmm. paying for that. Okay. So that's I have an I have a right to say something about that. But even if you don't participate. Yeah, even, even if my kid doesn't participate in that, and I have a right to that campus and those doors and the, and everything else that's in there. So that, that's that's um important. But one in five kids in Michigan doesn't go to a public school. They go to a private school or a home school or a home or a uh, some sort of other school association or religious school or something of that nature. So, 
So people need to realize that that's the case. You see kids on a playground at the mall, one in five of them are not public educated. There is a choice for you. You can do that. More people are doing that now and probably need to because just as these institutions are getting challenged, taken over, whatever, they need to be challenged. They need to be changed. We're in the 21st century. There's a lot of stuff you can get at home. Yep. You know, a lot of good stuff that you can get at home. There's bad stuff as well. And and it's your choice. It's not, it cannot be a mandate. And, mm-hmm. and um, that seems to be what people feel they're under, but they're not. And it's the same thing. The, the COVID thing has doubled down on that. And, and we don't have to inject anything to our arm. We don't have to subject our chil- our children to mental injection of wrong ideas. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe people think, Maybe people think that's just not possible for me. The only option I have is public education because that's all I can afford or whatever. And I just want to give a brief testimony of yeah. my parents right? who both were raised in the public school system, came to Christ in their 20s after a life of not living for God, realized I, I want my kids to be educated to match the ideals that we have in the reviews, the influence. And my parents are as blue collar as they come had almost nothing but my parents put me and my sister through a christian school our entire lives went up to the church to clean bathrooms and mow the lawn and do everything they could get a second job to be able to afford to do that they made that sacrifice and today my my sister and i are both serving god Mm -hmm. our children are now going to christian school and to them that was worth every penny of sacrifice whatever that was my dad drove used cars and junkers yeah. and didn't have nice things yeah. but made sure that we were in school because he realized the most important thing i have to do is raise these kids and parents you have to realize there's nothing right. more important you have going on right now yeah. than those children and making sure that they're raised properly you'll find that there are there are private schools out there and christian schools out there and homeschooling expenses and processes that if you just sell your four-wheeler you'd pay for a year you're fine with everything. And so you can get the four-wheeler back. I know your dad, once you kids were graduating out of the house, he has a camper and a boat. And a boat and he, had, and toys. he didn't have those things. He has toys but, now. But now right. he has those things. And so, and you know, gr- all of a sudden. And good grandkids to share them with. Yeah. And, and the grandkids to go. Um, and the grandkids want to go hang out with them yes. because yes. we all, you know, love the family. So And so a deferment of a temporary, seemingly temporary need or pleasure is sometimes called for in in that uh, in that choice, and maybe mom stays home, and so now you're not spending that car payment, that insurance, that gas, her her clothes that she needs, lunches that she needs. She's home and she's homeschooling those kids. So we're not telling you what your choice is. We're telling you there are options, and a lot of people are taking them, and a lot of times we're the ones that are standing up, you know, mm-hmm. against educational mandates. Now over in Matawan, Michigan. People, public school parents stood up and said, no, our school, we're not masking. And they won. Yeah, <laughs> and so that could be your choice. And that's what needs to happen. So, Pastor Jay, uh, yeah, the final word. Yeah, just in closing, I know uh, there's choices there. You, uh, As you've been listening to this podcast, perhaps you're curious on the style that we've been kind of describing that we participate in. And it's not only private, but Christian education. Mm-hmm. Give you a resource. The Michigan Association of Christian Schools mm-hmm. has a directory of 40 to 60 or 60 plus Christian schools out throughout the state of Michigan. It's max, M-A-C-S, home.org, right. maxhome.org. And they're all different. They're all different, but they, that would give you something similar, at least an option, and for the most part are affordable schools. Yeah, I know, um, I know the Lutheran churches have a system of, a of system, schools. Right. Catholic churches have a system of schools. There are a lot of other 
you know, evangelical and independent schools. Mm-hmm. If you if you just do a Google search of Christian school associations, there's other ones out there that could fit you. There's a lot of homeschool yeah. associations, usually in every county or every community, and sometimes there's four or five competing homeschool associations. With our exposure to this, I think it's safe to say that everyone in the state of Michigan is within proximity of a educational choice other than public education. You ought to to know what those are. If you have a good public school, uh, I I know I was friends with our school superintendent, and he actually said, hey, let's rewrite the public school board or the public school handbook. And they hadn't exercised a handbook in decades. And they reinstituted it. 99% of people liked it. 1% didn't. But basically, we had a good a good superintendent that was putting down good uh, institutional standards in, in the school. So, you know, if you have good people, support them and go to the school meetings and say, uh-uh, we're not doing that, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll win. You will win. And don't accept the mandates. Yep. Your child has to be your number one priority right now. I mean, in this, if you're in that stage of life where you have kids in school, how they're raised and what they're exposed to, that has to be a priority. So make your choice based on that priority. Well, folks, we want to hear from you. Thanks for listening. The best culture is the Bible culture. It's proven and it works. Check us out on BibleNation.org.